Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Times Analytics Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Safranis, and today I have a special guest with me. Archit, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Uh, hi, uh, I'm Archit Shori. I am currently working as a lead analyst at a company called Merkle. So Merkle is a global marketing agency, uh, a part of the Tensor Group. Uh, I started my journey in marketing analytics in 2016. So around like five, five years of experience, a little bit more than that. And I also pursued my master's degree in analytics uh, from University of Illinois. That's pretty Start. cool. And when yeah. was that? Uh, I completed my degree back in 2019. So it's been around two years now. Cool. And did you do a dual degree? Did you do it at the same time? Uh, No, not really. Uh, So my undergrads were in computer science. Uh, I worked for two years uh, at a company called Sapient back in India. I came here to pursue my master's degree in analytics because I knew analytics is something that I like and I would like to do for a very long time. So I, my goal was just to get a like well-rounded analytics world. And then, uh, yeah, I worked at a company called uh, Marketing Store. Uh, it's a small agency uh, in Chicago. Uh, and then I joined Merkle. So I've been at Merkle for around one and a half years now. Very cool. Uh, how do you like it? How do you like working in this uh, data analytics function? I absolutely love it. Uh, my so I have I've had the opportunity to work at dif- like having different titles. So I worked in the marketing strategy team. I mean, it it all comes under marketing analytics, but uh, my titles have changed. So uh, I worked as a marketing strategy analyst. I work as a worked as a performance analyst. I worked as a decision scientist. I worked as a data scientist at different firms. And uh, one thing I have to say, like. This is something that I really love uh, because it's it's the perfect marriage for me uh, between marketing and data. Uh, and that's something that I was fascinated uh, with like since my childhood. So yeah, it's 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 been a fulfilling journey till now for me. Yeah. And who knows what's in store in the future. Yeah, it sounds like the core skill that you bring is kind of that data um, and analytical mind. Like a data-focused and analytical mind. Yep, but uh, I also bring my interest, uh, and now I can say experience in optimize on in using data to optimize marketing campaigns, uh, websites, customer experiences online. So I also bring that experience with me. How much of your day-to-day work is a function of kind of your experience and what you've learned and how much of it is kind of new work that you're figuring out? There's a lot of new work that I'm figuring out. So there's there's also a staple type that I have. Like uh, I have a solid understanding of digital analytics, uh, digital analytics being including website, mobile apps, and different uh, media channels, of course, to uh, bring uh customers uh online like that that bring customers online or that acquire customers but so that i mean i am very well versed in tools like google analytics adobe analytics that that's my staple diet uh but apart from that uh 
there's a huge machine learning area that I'm exploring and learning about right now. Uh, there's of course, like as I go, as I go forward in my career, I'm, I'm learning to understand a lot more about how, how marketing at a bigger level works. Uh, it's just not like digital marketing, uh, which I thought uh, at the beginning of my career. It's like also utilizing offline offline channels and how to integrate those systems to actually impact the marketing decisions that the leaders take. So those are specific areas that I'm learning a lot as I grow into this role currently. Yeah, can you tell tell us a little bit more about the uh, idea of working with stakeholders and kind of how you have dealt with situations in the past where maybe there's disagreements between stakeholders or um, maybe there's some stakeholders that are really demanding and you have to um, be really clear about what you can deliver. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about how you kind of deal with or resolve issues with stakeholders? Sure. Uh, one thing that I have noticed in, in, in those five years that I've, I've worked is a lot of times, I would say like 60, 70% of times, the client or the business questions that is thrown at you isn't something that uh, the stakeholder actually wants solved. So you have to figure out, uh, like you have to use your own experience uh, uh, and you would have to use your own data ability to understand the business question thrown at you, analyze if, if that is the question worth solving. And if not, how to mold that discussion into something that would actually bring value to the clients, but also not uh, just uh, rubbishing the entire conversation. So there's a fine lines uh, during those conversations. And as you grow, uh, you would learn how to respect those fine lines and how to mold those conversations around to actually bring value to the end client or uh, the stakeholder that you're working for. Uh, the, the, the other thing is the stakeholders would have expectations because uh, that, that can't be fulfilled or that are not realistic because they come from a different perspective. I, I, I've learned to not absolutely blame them for unrealistic expectations, but it is also my job to make them understand, uh, maybe in a not so technical term or not in a not so technical language, that what the work ensues, uh, what are the benefits that would be uh, given to them if a proper structure is followed and make them understand why we need to follow a certain structure and why something would take much more than what they are expecting. Uh, oftentimes uh, they would come to you, oh, can this be done? Like, can you quickly pull data uh, from from around around these? Uh, for example, like, can you quickly pull data around uh, sales conversions uh, for these, these, these channels? Uh, what you need to understand is you just don't report on those numbers. You learn slowly to question them, to give you a little more context so that you can actually understand as to what hat you need to don to slice and dice data in that manner so that you can actually provide value back rather than just reporting on numbers. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of which, um, have you ever been in a situation where the story the data was telling you 
was different than the hypothesis that the business had? <laughs> Absolutely. I am there almost every day in my life. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say like the hypothesis that you start with, if that is really fulfilled, you need to look at your data again because many times uh, you're doing something wrong. So like I have been in this situation many number of times where like a certain number of effort even like has been already put into something uh, and, it's, and it can come from stakeholders, especially like they put a certain, I mean, there's a marketing team putting certain kind of effort into a marketing campaign or something. And they have a certain hypothesis, which really, when you look at the data that isn't fulfilled. So it becomes a little tricky to convince them otherwise, but what it really, but what it actually needs from your end is to like really be sure of your data and the story it is telling, and also to tell the story in such a way that you are able to convince the marketing team. Uh, ultimately, if that happens or not is uh, something that not rests totally upon your shoulder at times, but you need to be 100% sure of what you are providing and then tell a story around it uh, yeah. to make it work. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any tips for how to tell a good story using data? Uh, yes, it, it depends a lot on the audience you're telling it to. If it's a technical audience, uh, uh, then the content differs. So your, your content has to be audience specific, uh, first of all. And when telling a story, uh, you often have to make sacrifices also, I feel. Like there are certain aspects of the data uh, that you have spent a lot of time in analyzing, but actually that whole effort is just a one-liner in the presentation of like 10 slides. So you also have to, fit, I mean, you, you don't have to fit your data into the story. You have, I mean, you have to use the data to build a story around it and create it like a child would hear a story. Like you like start, uh, like there's an introduction, there's a building of phase, uh, there's an interval, there's a climax. Uh, and finally you get, uh, the falling like, action. Yeah, so it's it's like a film. Uh, uh, so you have to you have to be careful of how you craft it, and and like just like a film, like there are action sequences that you invest a lot in, but they finally get it out of the story uh, to make it work. So our our data story telling skills are just like that. Uh, you you have to, I mean, you don't have to fit the data into the narrative. Uh, but you also have to be careful of what your high level point is and not get into too much details so that uh, the the person who's listening to it is lost in the details. Uh, so you have to be careful about it. How do you judge when you've gone far enough for an analysis? I don't know, Alex, would you agree with me or not? But this is something that you learn with experience only. Uh, I remember uh, when I was a student or when I started uh, very fresh into the analytics world, sometimes I used to spend days and get stuck in a loop, uh, like where I would have looked at 
different angles, but I really wouldn't have a certain valuable insight. Uh, and sometimes the insight lay like at the top of the pile and I was just looking too deep. So that has happened with me a lot of times. And what I've learned from that is like, it is very important to keep asking yourself during the analysis, what is the business question that needs to be answered? And what like you doing all those analysis, uh, like is it is it worth going too deep into the data just to confuse the stakeholder? Or is it is it worth just doing some basic analysis, uh, a few high level numbers? and having a crisp story. And if needed, I mean, you can always deep dive into, into something specific, but it is very important to look at your data from uh, a high level perspective. Uh, and always keep asking yourself, like I, I literally, like every time I get stuck, I, I write down the business question and I read it again uh, so that I don't get into that mode where I'm just digging into data for the love of it, uh, where ultimately I've spent a lot of lot of time and not answered the question still. So wow, yeah, yeah. Thank you for being honest. I I feel the same way. By the way, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, this is something that we'll only learn. Uh, I've seen a lot of young students, uh, like especially like I, I, when I was doing my masters, I was like in a class which had uh, like uh, my like my colleagues uh, or my fellow students, uh, some of them were like straight out of an undergrad college. So what they didn't understand or what I what I noticed, uh, like the difference between me and them, well, I knew when to stop uh, and they were digging into the data just for the love of it. And I'm, it's like absolutely, like, because you love data analytics, uh, you love going deep into it, but you also have to always uh, keep a sight of the end goal and whether you are spending too much time on it and like whether your efforts would really bear a fruit or not. So it's like, uh, like low hanging, like take the low hanging fruits first and then worry about the rest of it. And that, like many a times, like uh, it, it, might found, it might sound absurd, but many a times the true value actually lies like there's a lot of value in low hanging fruits, uh, which technically people might want not want to do. But uh, uh, yeah, like I, I've I've learned this lesson the hard way that look at the big picture always. How would you say is a you know a good way to get started with analytics in marketing analytics, especially in digital analytics? Uh, the, the problem or the challenge is that there's no fixed hypothesis at times, uh, like many a times, or there's no fixed story that you are checking with. For example, doing a lead customer journey analysis, right? Uh, there are times at an e-commerce site, there's a fixed customer journey that you can analyze. And there are then there are times like you can keep looking at different dimensions like, uh, you don't know where the actual value lies. So you have to just keep on exploring different 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 things. Like maybe you're looking at 
traffic by different channels. Maybe you try breaking traffic by uh, lead type, or you try breaking uh, the website into different functions. Uh, what I would say, I mean, there are various paths and the challenge here in marketing analytics that I face is no fixed definition of a problem. So you have to keep exploring of where you find a pattern first, you identify the problem. So you don't know the problem. You, you sort of analyze the data to identify a problem and then you try to optimize it. So that is a hard part for me that I face in my role. Uh, the way I, uh, so at the beginning of my career, I used to uh, take 20 dimensions and I used to break everything by everything. And uh, it, it took a lot of time and often it didn't bear fruit. Uh, that's the way I was doing those analysis. Uh, sometimes I was lucky and uh, during breaking something down with something or looking at some dimensions, uh, I was lucky and I found an insight or I found an opportunity uh, to, to see, oh, uh, there is a problem. Uh, an example would be like going on an e-commerce site and analyzing the customer journey and I was seeing the fallout, uh, like the lower funnel uh, activities, and I was seeing the fallout in the lower funnel activities. And I found a certain uh, area or dimension where the fallout was high, and uh, I knew what the problem is, and I can uh, give my recommendations around it. Uh, and it really turned out to be a huge project. Uh, it like really sort of uh, lifted the conversion rate. Uh, it led to a few experiments. Uh, it brought in uh, additional revenue as well. But there are other times uh, when I was not so lucky and I just spent multiple numerous hours on my analysis and I, it led to nowhere. Uh, what I am currently doing and actively figuring out is creating a hypothesis first uh, around the business question. Uh, like if my question is, what is the difference between leads and non-leads in terms of a customer journey? So. I, so there are certain, I mean, uh, they, take an example of a lead generation website. So the end goal is to generate leads. Uh, the end goal of that website is to generate leads. Uh, but that, I mean, generally speaking, that lead conversion rate would be around 1%. So there are around 98, 99% of people coming onto your website, which do not convert, get converted into leads. Uh, and now that's a huge opportunity. Like you want to compare what is like, is there a certain difference? So the question is what the question is not, what is the difference? The question is first, is there a difference between the customer journeys taken by leads and non-leads? Uh, and how, and then like after I establishing my business question, I would form a hypothesis. Uh, like these are my, the main journeys that a lead can take. These are the main journeys that people generally take. These are the certain functions of the website. And I would divide those functions in those, like uh, for example, uh, an automobile website. Uh, it would have certain section for service customers and the rest of the section would be people who are looking to buy new cars. And then there would be another section for people who are looking to buy used cars. So uh, depending on that, I would divide my uh, end goal or the problem into parts. And then I would form hypothesis. And then based on that and on those hypotheses, I would start looking into data.
what happens through this process is my analysis is a lot quicker, uh, pinpointed, and more often than not, I I end up finding something valuable through my uh, through my analysis, and it's it's quick also. So you don't spend a lot of time digging into different kind of data, uh, looking at it from all angles when you really can group them into certain parts and then target one part at a time. If it works, great. Uh, you move on to the next. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it makes sense for me, you or not, but like, yeah, I'm talking from my perspective. You know, yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting because the original perspective that you would have would be if you go into a data set with an agenda, with an idea of what's going on, then you have a confirmation bias wherein yes. you will look for data that supports your argument and therefore it's better to have an open mind and explore. However, this is a fallacy yes. and that's what you were describing. Yes. And that, that, yeah. that comes with experience. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. And you can always go and double check as well. So yeah, that's what I was saying. Like if you're, if some, if your hypothesis stands true, you better go check and like verify what the process you used or the method you used, because you might find something that you did wrong there. So, yeah. Yeah. Like always be suspicious if it's too easy. Yes. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Talk about that. Like, cause I, I've, um, I've definitely done some analyses where I think I'm done. And then I realize there's like this huge piece. I didn't even realize. How do you know when the product is complete when you're, analysis is complete how do you like validate there are certain processes that i follow but there are times uh when i've delivered something only to realize after a week uh randomly sitting uh on a chair outside in a garden or a park chilling with my friends oh i should have looked at that angle too yeah that, that happens with me all the time uh the only solution that I would have at this time uh, or what I've learned through these years is to do your analysis. That's why I'm that that's why I like stress on completing like looking at the data on a high level uh, because you break in, into parts and then you give yourself some time to reflect on it once it's done and then look back at it. Uh, so the best the best way i would say is to leave it alone like get done with it like you, you shouldn't aim to get get done with your analysis in one round you should have multiple rounds uh, and you should give yourself some time between those rounds so that your mind can linger on like your subconscious mind can linger on those things and most of the times you would realize something that oh uh, this is something that i should look into so when you're looking at your own analysis, of course, it's easy to poke holes when you're looking at other people's analyses, but what are some ways that you can kind of like validate that your own analysis is tight? Um, and, and, and I think you were getting at it. It's stepping away and then looking back with a fresh mind where you're treating it like it's not even yours, but rather its own entity that you're questioning. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are other ways. I mean, you should always have a, I mean, a mentor or a peer uh, that has to review your analysis. Uh, 
it doesn't matter whether what level you are uh get your analysis uh, reviewed by someone else mm-hmm. and ask them to play the devil's advocate Mm-hmm. So I always ask my manager, like before delivering anything to my clients, uh, especially if it's important, uh, I at least ask two people to see it. Uh, and I don't just send them the tech. I try to meet with them, uh, explain it like a story uh, so that when I'm doing it for the final time, I get prepared as well. Uh, but uh, the main objective is for them, like I give, I ask them specifically to play the devil's advocate and poke as many holes as you can. So A, if it if those are valid, I can go back and work on it. And B, if they're invalid, I can be prepared for those kind of questions and how to defend my analysis around those. Great answer. Great, great answer. And and that makes me remember a lot of experiences I have had doing the same thing, asking coworkers, my boss, you know, what do you think about this? Is it going in the right direction? And a lot of the time they will be, you know, they they will be honest and they will tell you like, if it's not going in the right direction, because that like, it's extremely important to be open to that kind of feedback because it's, it's not, this is not a very intuitive job, but don't be afraid to to get that feedback, you know, and really listen to it and value it, especially if it's coming from your manager or somebody who's been in the industry for a little bit longer, like they, they know, and this is such a new industry that there isn't a lot of that, you know, knowledge online. Like it is a lot of peer to peer kind of exchange. I've been in those positions, uh, multiple times, uh, I have to be really careful at all times, uh, to take a timely feedback because it's very easy to get uh, deep into what you are thinking is correct uh, rather than taking timely feedbacks. Uh, I mean, feedback is important, but timely feedbacks are more important. I mean, that is true in general as well in life uh, and in any career, but more so in marketing uh, because, yeah, it's, it's not intuitive. It, it might sound simple. Uh, it might sound uh, very easy, uh, but especially to the people who are not part of our industry, uh, but it's, it's, it's mind-boggling how complex it can get. Oh, yeah. I think that the, one, of the le- one of the less appreciated sides of the role is efficiency and like how big of a difference being an efficient explorer of data can be versus not and how that can make the difference between a you know an average and a phenomenal um, data analyst is um, do you know how to take a shorter amount of steps than the average analyst to answer the question because nobody's going to be able to take exactly actually the best analysts just take the correct step one after the other and we all watch them in amazement and why it's because all the rest of us make mistakes. All the rest of us go left instead of right and then have to do a U-turn, right? And that wastes 10 minutes. And then we have to try something else. And it adds up. And so you could kind of, you kind of can tell the experience level and the proficiency of an analyst by the efficiency through which or they carry out an analytics task, wherein 
the younger you are, the less experience you have, the more you're going to go off the path because you don't know which, what the path is. So you're going to go in different directions and you're going to find a dead end and then you're going to have to turn around. And um, you're going to notice that the people you respect, they put one foot in front of the other and they go a lot slower than you probably want to. And this is kind of like what we were talking about with having all of the possible columns in the same v view to see if you can spot anything, right? And um, yeah. so that's that that's that over overzealous nature of of a young analyst. But, yeah. But that's going to waste a ton of time. Yeah. And uh, it may not seem like a big deal, but if you can do an analysis in two days versus a week, everybody is going to appreciate that. Um, obviously, like don't stretch it out because uh, there there is a very big advantage to analysts who can get something back quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, one, one thing that I would like to add to this, like what makes a stellar uh, analyst, uh, especially in our field, is the ability to ask right questions. And that is so important. I can't stress enough on it. Uh, I was very fortunate to be, to have learned this very early in my career. Like I had a mentor uh, who was stupendous uh, in Every time I go with something, it would ask me, but uh, what is the insight in you? Uh, like I would, I would create reports. Uh, I would go in front of him. Uh, oh, what do you think of this? But he, like he would, uh, but like, what is the insight? What is the recommendation? Uh, and then I am like, I'm forced to think uh, like every time, like, oh uh, yeah, like this is all cool. Uh, like. I've segmented users into uh, different categories. Uh, like there's a bunch, here is a segment of those customers uh, who come from natural search and uh, convert this in, in this particular journey. And then there's a group of these people who sort of uh, come direct to my website, but don't really purchase anything, uh, which is non-intuitive. But like, what is the insight between all those things? I mean, you could have, cool insights, but uh, are these are those valuable or not? So one thing uh, that like that I keep an eye for, like when, uh, especially like when I'm working with younger analysts is the ability to ask the right questions. Uh, and that works, what makes a job difficult because like I have been on the other side of the aisle too, like, and I mean, uh, like I do a lot of data science as well. Uh, why I would say like where uh, like data science is very tech heavy. It's it's very math stats heavy. But one thing uh, that I really find easy in data science, or like I would I wouldn't say just easy, like easier. Uh, maybe that's the level where I am. But uh, uh, like I often have a fixed problem uh, that I know that like I know the problem that I have to solve. In marketing analytics, many a times, I would be the one finding the problem. So, and like in my current role, what I really love, uh, like me working on an advanced analytics team, as well as a real analytics team, so right now I'm doing both, uh, is the ability to frame a problem, then uh, first find a simple way to do it, and then finally using uh, an evolved way or a more refined way or a better way through machine learning to solve that problem. That's, but, that's exactly it. Yeah, but exploration is not as easy as it sounds. You can't, I mean, 
in the name of exploration of data, like people plot uh, box plots, uh, certain bar charts, and they, they think like they're done with exploration of the data. So uh, especially like, I mean, I'm talking about younger uh, data scientists or younger analysts, uh, and that is not it. Uh, like I got to value uh, these, like the exploration of site through marketing analytics only, uh, through exploring like data uh, and to get better at forming strategies, forming processes for myself, which I talked about earlier. Uh, and through those, uh, I've come here at a point where I can uh, formulate a problem easier than someone uh, who is not as experienced as me. So, yeah. So I was actually talking about this on a recent podcast episode, and it's the idea of the skills that you should build if you want to be successful in marketing analytics in 10 years. And and the gentleman I was talking to started by saying, you know, if you want to be successful, here are the skills you should build. And they were all on the more technical side. And I actually had a completely opposite opinion, wherein the more that we automate and uh, computerize in marketing, the less technical skills you will need and the more of the skill you will need closer to traditional marketing back. I think, I think we're going to go very cyclical and I'm curious if you agree with this. And I think we're going to go back to the days of the Mad Men with really punchy advertising campaigns, memorable and, you know, just a golden age of of really good content in marketing rather than currently, you know, so much of the problem is building the marketing machine. And I think in 10 years, the marketing machine will be built. And the question is who's driving. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, I, I would, I would agree with it. Mostly. Uh, there are some parts that I don't completely agree with, Okay. but I would say, uh, 80% I agree with you. In that, uh, like I have had, and I would say like a uh, lot many times people starting or, or even like young people, especially with the uh, uh, sort of popularization of data science, uh, they focus on technical skills. Uh, and by technical skills, I would mean they focus on tools. Uh, I go and learn Tableau, I go and learn Power BI, I go and learn machine learning, I go and learn like 10, 15 types of uh, algorithms. Uh, like I, I know to use, yeah, I know to use R, I know to use Python, I build these APIs and those are great to have. I mean, ultimately as a young analyst or or even as a, like, uh, like I sort of actively uh, refresh my skill set, try to refresh them uh once in six months or, or once in a year uh but the problem with that is that tech market is always changing or evolving and you would always have to do that but you i mean that is something like because of the democratization of internet and like user tutorials being present everywhere the advent of coursera it's it's easy to develop those skills uh like yeah i mean especially like coming from India, uh, like where most of the like young students are like, are technical enough to know these things, but where I think that people really lack or which is a difficult skill to learn is 
is in, especially in the marketing analytics world is to understand marketing first uh like drop all the technical side understand uh why you are in this business what marketing is how it has evolved uh where it has gone uh and what are the like like what are the current ways to do it uh and then like understand those insights or the tools that you are using how uh would they finally solve your problem and when you say like alex when you said like in 10 years maybe like you just have to uh like type in your query into yeah. a machine and you, uh, you say Alexa. it right you tell yeah. it, you ask an ai instead of yeah. asking an analyst yeah like you ask Alexa, what is the weather and like Alexa tells you and it would be simpler yeah uh, i mean there are tools like that now as well like yeah. uh uh especially google is uh going towards that adobe yeah. is going towards that uh but that like it it all comes back to the core question that i raised uh a couple of minutes ago like do you know to ask the right question or not like it it, it depends on that too like if you are asking the right if you're asking the wrong question then no matter what the answer is uh it wouldn't finally uh bring value to your business I think that's uh, that's the whole point is that that's yes. the core skill that everybody's building towards and the yeah. and the technical side of actually writing out the query and cleaning the data I think that is necessary now but it will not be necessary in the future and yeah. I think this yeah. is a, a good way to explain this is by looking at finance so finance has matured faster than marketing analytics probably because there's a lot more money in it um, so we've yeah. seen computers revolutionize finance and trading. And I think that we are in that process right now with marketing analytics. And I think we will have very clear winners in the next decade. And I think yeah. that the whole data ecosystem from collection to decision to bidding and execution will be closed. I think that whole loop will be closed probably in like a decade or something. So maybe a little bit longer. It depends how long the marketing competitive landscape takes but eventually i think that we will move towards fewer disparate systems and um, towards a more unified data uh, ecosystem for for a company uh, for a company's marketing and the reason we need to do that is so that you can have um, a machine learning algorithm take a look at that data make learn from it make decisions learn from the output of those decisions and then make decisions for the next day right that's yep. that requires really robust data that most most companies don't have yet. That puts yeah. Snowflake in a really good position to build something like this out because they're they're yep. really good. They already got the infrastructure down for something really fast and something. So, but there's a lot of players, right? Uh, so, yeah. so you can't say that one will necessarily win. So, but it will, you know, eventually will will centralize. So, um, in that environment, the way that you ask the questions. Because you, because you can ask any of the questions, that drives the strategy of the business. It, and it does today too, yeah. but that will become like 90% of the role versus like maybe right now it's 30% of the role and 70% actually building all of these analytics. Yep, yep, yep. And I mean, uh, like I'm, I'm sure like uh, like at the end of 10 years, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that it would be completely wiped out. Uh, you would still need technical skills to do something at that point of time. Uh, but like what would be more important is do you have the strategy part in yourself uh 
and like being an analyst or being a decision scientist or being a data scientist you have to have that strategy mind or like think strategic uh, rather than just thinking about uh, the data and being lost into it so having that business savvy mind uh, is also very important that and, and, and i mean that is something that actually made me uh, fell in love uh, with the uh, marketing analytics at the beginning uh because i like to be honest like i wasn't like i loved data but i didn't ever think that i would make a career of it, out of it uh i was actually going to do an mba and uh mba in marketing uh which i didn't do ultimately and i ended up doing ms but uh, uh the like that's why i like marketing like it it impacts people uh it's it's very cool to think like the recommendations that you see on amazons uh like or or uh, the uis that you see is are like influenced by what we do uh every day uh, there's yeah. an offer that pops up for you while you are leaving the website uh that's us uh we sort of give them the insights to uh optimize that offer and uh, or mm -hmm. like do the correct messaging around that yep. so so if if you if you love I mean, marketing analytics. You have to love both parts of it. Mm -hmm. uh, analytics is fine. Uh, there's a certain technical skill set, but uh, the lore of it is also learning about the business function that you're really in, uh, and yeah. strategizing, strategizing around it. So it becomes really important. Yeah, that that is the most fun. Is that you know, at the end of yes. the day, we're we're not analyzing data around an in, in inanimate object. It's yeah. people like us in a lot of cases that are the consumers. And so you can oftentimes ask yourself how you react to certain marketing um, ads and, and functions. And, and that itself can be uh, a source for questions yeah, to ask about the business. Yeah. Like or, or, channels. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was saying that like, it's a fun story. Uh, I always try to sort of uh, show my mother or my wife, like who are not related to my domain at all, uh, a website, uh, and just ask them what they think of it uh, to get ideas of uh, like how to optimize it. So that's that's pretty cool because if if it's not, I mean, I'm talking only about a website point of view, but uh, if if you are into optimizing customer experience on a website, it's it's you should always uh, think of it from an end user point of view. And that's where I often like ask my mother or my wife to browse a website and tell me what, uh, like, I mean, not bias their decision, but like, uh, yeah. tell me what they think of it. Isn't so, that adorable? It, like yes. they don't even realize they're just yes. like one of a million people who will make that click. Yeah, yeah. And then I then I like tell them, oh, you know what? Uh, the all the data that uh, like I mean all the clicks that you made, uh, like these would be tracked, and I mean there would be thousands of people like you who are doing certain function, and we might be able to do certain kind of recommendation for you or or an offer for you, uh, or personalize it, personalize the website for you uh, of what you see, and that's that's pretty amazing. Uh, uh, I remember like my first fascination came when there was a test and learn like the uh, experiment that we were running and that experiment was like when uh, there's a motion to leave like leave a website 
like when somebody clicks on a particular area like uh, or scrolls up back to the top then uh, they sort of give you the offer so i was i was pretty amazed like i was i was very young and i was pretty amazed at wow like that's how it's done like wow yeah. and that's all so, from asking good questions yeah all from uh, asking good questions and also like uh, getting to know the problem like how would you identify like it it's very hard to define what your highly engaged visitor are or how would you define a highly engaged visitor uh based on activities or who is going to like what what is a motion to leave i mean these are simple questions but these are hard answers to find yeah like what consists of that so yeah it, it's it's fun uh i mean i absolutely love that part i appreciate it archit this has been an amazing conversation thank you for coming on thank you alex uh it was very nice talking to you uh i really hope that someone in the world listening to this podcast uh who needs clarity at uh this point of view in in his career would find our conversation meaningful and like this conversation would provide some insight to him uh, so i think you're right. i really hope that me too all right well all right alex bye 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 thanks everyone for listening we'll talk to you soon